I am unashamed. What about you? So, it is uh, a Monday for us, a recording, and um, we got Easter Sunday was yesterday, and we were all three in different places, which is kind of interesting. So, I want everybody to tell their their experience or kind of what you thought about yesterday. Jace, where were you at? I had a couple of uh, weird things I noticed. So, we were leaving early, and the traffic was so bad. It was it was incredible because there's a church up on the hill right past you know our neighborhood. They were letting out. I guess they have multiple services going, and so I could tell everybody was first getting kind of frustrated. But then I think I said, I said, but you know this is a good problem. When you got a traffic jam on Easter Sunday morning, that's a good thing. Same thing here and where I was. It was, and look. Going and coming home, it was just traffic, and I thought, "Whoa, what a what a joy this is!" <laughs> I mean, you don't we, we let people out. Room. Everybody's like, nobody's blowing the horn. It's we, like we sat in a light, one light. I bet it went through five cycles before we got to turn. You know, most time you're like, "What in the world?" <laughs> but I thought, "Boy, I'm I'm feeling I'm feeling a lot better about this community." <laughs> but uh, so uh, we you know we had a good time. We had all our family in. All my my two sons and because now I'm a grandpa now. Yep. Oh, I got breaking news on that. Guess guess what everyone was calling me. You know, first they said Paul Paul and because they they stayed with us four yep. or five days. Jason Lone Wolf McQuaid. <laughs> now nobody. Jace. So what 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 have they thrown they in? Started there? off with Paul and I was like Uh-oh. she had no response to that. And I was like that's that. <laughs> Not old enough for that. Let's, let's <laughs> ease into that. Plus, every, every all of our memories of our Paul, it was like he was an old man the whole time. Yeah. For whatever reason, that's how yeah. we viewed him. So you know how they all do the baby talk, which I'm. It's kind of like you know when you're first converted, you have trouble singing out loud. Yeah. I'm having trouble with the. Goo Yeah, the. Is my wife now? She's like drank the baby talk Kool Aid. <laughs> And spends half the time just, work. oh, my goodness. Oh, goodness. I can't yep. even do it. <laughs> it's like a, it is its I'm own. You it is one, its own language. There's one positive. <laughs> there's one positive thing about age. And y'all going to see this. You're you're on the edges now when they start, you know, Papa, Paul, you know, now. I found out one thing, and I'm and I am taking full advantage of it. When you get older, I guess you could say old. By the way our culture looks at it, as an old man, I can get away with a whole lot more <laughs> than I oh, used yeah. to. People listen more carefully when, when the older you get, they they you, you talk about a serious subject, and and they and they listen closely. Mm-hmm. I noticed that when I was younger. No. No. Yeah, but now you, since you can hear also, <laughs> even if people which if you, you weren't which getting also away takes with advantage it, of. if you weren't getting away with it, you would never know it. See what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's <laughs> maybe that's why it happens that way. Maybe the Lord intended for that all along. I think there's some truth to that. But anyway, Missy finally went. She called me J Rock. And I thought, oh, is this, J-Rock, is this yeah. actually catching on? Yeah, that's I've it's heard like, of that. Well, J. Rock, you know, the, the, <laughs> now you're getting into the rapper type. No, this is yeah, no, there's I'd, no I'd rapper. I stay away from that. J. Rock, J. Rock, you know. I like because well, well, J. liked rock. I liked rock. So this is a way to include it, J. Rock. She, yeah. So that was what I became on the weekend, which I was pretty excited about. Yeah, that's but cool. uh. I don't know if you're means you're a rapper, but so I want to go through. I didn't. I had a ter- I didn't pay attention during the sermon yesterday because, and I'm sure it was good because everybody seemed like it was. But you know how every once in a while you, you get you get to run in a, a thread. Yeah, a I thread. ran my own thread. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think the Holy I've done it before, <laughs> so I'll lay that on you in a minute. But I had one other thing. I thought you know it's been a great day. I got all my kids here. We're celebrating the resurrection. I'm gonna go catch some fish. Over here at Willie's Pond because I knew he was out of town, and I thought that'll cap the day off. 
you know, with some crappie. But so I go over there and I and I I didn't have much luck. I mean, I caught one. Thirty minutes later, I caught another one, but it was then it became well. I guess I'm trying to catch me some fish because <laughs> the family has been weeded out during the process. But finally, it was right before dark, and I get a hit. Set the hook, and I think it's one of these big old bass. Because I caught a lot of bass, but I was, you know, I'm going for the crappie. I was throwing the bass back. So I'm sitting there, heart's not in it, because I'm like, here's one of these big eight, seven, eight-pound bass, which most people would be like, oh, but what are you going to do with him? Yeah. All I'm going to do is throw him right it's back. It's not fitting really the created this, this lake now that has these big bass in it. So I'm just, I mean, letting him finish. He's running, not coming up. So about a minute into this thing, it comes out up there, and I'll, I'll look, and I'm like, that's a crappie. A giant so crappie? A giant. The biggest one I've gotten a hold of. So now my adrenaline starts pump, pumping because I'm like, I can feed, I mean, at least Missy and my daughter with this one fish because they eat like birds. You know? <laughs> so I reel him up, but I'm on that bridge down there. You've seen it. Mm -hmm. It's tricky. Even when I take people fishing down there, they can't figure out how to get him up on the bridge. So usually, like Jeff, even Jeff, our own brother, yeah, he'll hang him. And he's like, "Get get him up here for me," because <laughs> he just he'll, there's he'll a, there's an art to swinging a crappie and using the momentum. And I thought I was expert before the hook tears out. Yeah, right. and I thought I was expert. So then, yesterday I started getting nervous, which I think when you get nervous, you start making bad decisions. <laughs> I didn't think this out because I'd caught a lot of bass and. So I get him up, and I start swinging him. And I'm telling you, if he wasn't three pounds, he's close. Of course, you know how stories go. They're always bigger when what happens. <laughs> when they get away. Yeah. <laughs> so I finally, you know, have the geometry figured out, I guess, in my mind, and I, I sling him upwards. But as, as soon as I made that joke, Hooked I it. heard that. I thought my line broke, but the momentum, he was coming toward the bridge. And it's like, you know, you've had the, these life moments when, <laughs> when everything starts happening in slow motion. <laughs> I felt like I was watching this in slow motion because I was looking at him. There was something way it was stormy here yesterday. Yeah. It was kind of almost yellow. It was eerie out there. And I'm just seeing him, and I'm judging, is it enough? Is he going to make over the, the bridge? bridge? Is he going to make it? And I'm like... I don't think he is, so I started running toward him because the line, you know, I've dropped the rod. The line broke, and he just hit the side, and I, it's like he fell in slow motion, and I was going, no. <laughs> He's gone. He, he hit on the water. Here's what's funny, and he just kind of laid there on his side for just a second. Just like, just like to, to say, say, you almost got me, you sucker. So close, yet so far. <laughs> <laughs> I have no reason for telling that story other than I was just like, I cannot believe that happened on Easter Sunday. I mean, all that You're going with the hook and line. I just went with about a three and a half hook net, and I just got it up, and I looked down in it, and there was a one about Opelousa's cat. Ooh. Yeah. About a. 12 pounder. Ooh, perfect. And the one with him was about three pounds. Oh, water. Well, I think. Uh, I just dumped them both. But now, by the way, if you run out of fish and they keep getting away, yeah. you got to remember you say, yeah, but dad's got a stash down there. Mm. Deboned. It's in. I just put them in the freezer. I heard you uh, bake some for mom. The first baked. I baked some with a little olive oil and herbs. Uh, get you high brawl, put it on brawl. Yeah. Go about two racks down. In the oven. And, and just sort of roasted some. How were they? Did you somebody try it? told her, you know, get off anything yeah, with sodium. salt in yeah. it. So no you salt. You roasted Opelousa's cat? Yep. I've never tried that. Well, I hadn't either, and so I, I tried it, and the women went nuts of it because there was no salt in it. Yeah. No salt. Just herbs and well, olive oil. just, just fry them? Roast them. Roast you them. fry them without putting salt? Yeah, well, I, 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 the ones I fried... Yeah, I, I salted them, but they didn't want it with any grease or any. Oh, they didn't want any grease. Yeah, there were that's other factors. You can just there. not put salt. Right. Well, that's right. But I heard it was. I heard they were good. Did they, you try? They it? gathered up and, and they said, "I said, y'all try them." You know, yeah, they're golden brown. 
but they're roasted in yeah. the oven. Well, it has to be good. I mean, Annapolis is cast. It doesn't have to be good. I've I've eaten some. It was not too far from fried ones, actually, but you know, a lot of oil and herbs. So, but but it made a. According to them, I said, "Well, y'all try it." What about if you could you blacken it like you do crappie on the just on your? Oh yeah. Oh no, I mean like on your griddle. That's the way I do it. Without salt, but could you do ops like that? Like I don't know about that. Well. I don't know. This, this was, um, I'll try it. Yeah. But I put this one on a broast, and I'll try them. Well, I'd like to try I'll it. let you try it and, and yeah, get I'll try back it. to me. All right, so, so Dad, tell us about your uh, experience. Where oh, were you I'd at? say a packed house. It was in the. Dad, you were on a rare, Dad didn't travel much anymore, but some t- some of these COVID things before. With yeah, the they same, set it up they a got, year and a half Yeah, they ago got pushed and, down the line. So yeah. Dad had an event in Tennessee. Great, great people. Uh Cookville, Tennessee. I never had been there, but we were on the, north camp, of Chattanooga. the campus of Tennessee Tech, and I, I'd seen Tennessee Tech and here, there, and yonder, you know. But uh, no hecklers won. They said out in the parking lot, but he left. But, uh, <laughs> so it went pretty, pretty smooth. I like how you judge your events on the amount, hey, of, the amount of hecklers or protesters. <laughs> I hadn't had a heckler. Well, I have wow. driven, driven into some events, and as you oh, know, I, good. I know. I've been with you. I, I've, I've seen it. I know yeah. it's there. Yeah. Depending on where we well, are. I was thankful for that. I see. I see. She said there were the country like, maybe, maybe finally making a turn. They better make it in a hurry before this next election, or are we really going to see? Well, something? That's what I said about the traffic yesterday. Yeah. Right, that's the most. People that I've seen on the roads for for Resurrection Day. Yeah. I mean, they call it Easter, but I'm not sure what Easter is. I like calling it Resurrection Day. I was amazed at seeing the traffic, and they just kept coming in there, and and they had 20 20 police cars just to get them parked. But I I had. So you were in a basketball arena, and you said maybe 8,000 people? Yeah. Which, what a a crowd. Yeah. Yeah. Which is exciting. Oh, yeah. How long did you speak? I'd say about. I was trying to be as short and to the point as I could with no, no, not many stories. So I just wanted about 25 minutes. That's about how much. What? I get a big crowd like that. I'm not going to overdo it. Yeah. That's what I saw. So I preached yesterday at WFR with Mike. And, and by the way, we have been to Cookville. I just remembered we, we, you and I spoke, I introed for you and we spoke at a Christian school fundraiser there. Oh, really? Maybe five years ago, yeah. Well, That's, it might have been the same group. Yeah, well, maybe so. But they are really— a, I just remember. Uh, there were a lot of people who came to the Lord. I mean, it was a, it was a great, great, great people. Yeah. So I, so I spoke at WFR, and it just so happened, by, as luck would have it, uh, I was in 1 Corinthians 15 to be <laughs> able to preach on Resurrection Sunday, which was, uh, of course, planned. But so— I did it, Jason. So we didn't two halves. So we preached the first half of First Corinthians fifteen yesterday, and about you know everything that about <laughs> the gospel and of course the resurrection of Christ and how that sets us up for the resurrection. Next week I come back and get to preach the other half, which is what happens once once we're there. What what is the resurrection body? All that. So it's yeah, kind of a yeah, good one little. One of your one of step. your one of our people's out there. Uh, we're wondering why you, what you thought about when Jesus prayed to God to forgive them while he was up on the cross. Forgive them, Father. They know not what they do. Yeah, Scott said the question. What, what, why did he say that? Uh, short answer, I'm saving the world here. I'll start here. <laughs> That's a good answer. That's Yeah. Because, because a lot of people this very day, even the apostles at that time were like, wait a minute here. Right. They they fought it. Peter and them were saying, no way. You know, they were filled with grief when they heard him say these. I just went through at and during part of my presentation was Matthew 16 on, you know, Jesus saying, going up to Jerusalem, I'm going to die, be buried and raised from the dead. They all looked around like, what'd he say? Right. So even all the way to the cross, they're still wondering, what, what what's going on? They still didn't realize this was the event with the removal of sin, the crushing of Satan's head, the prediction from Genesis 3.15. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's alive and in color right here. Oh, that's good. I'm sure it was fantastic. Well, that's the answer to the, the guy who called from Scott, I think his name is. I just looked down and saw it just then. Let's uh, take a break. Every time we turn around, we got another major corporation that goes woke. They torment their employees with all this leftist stuff. And so one of our sponsors, long-term sponsors, this really great uh, cell phone provider called Patriot Mobile. 
and they're really the only Christian conservative provider. So you talk about finding your voice. These guys know about finding the conservative voice, and, and when you support them, you're not supporting some of these big liberal ones that obviously don't believe what we believe. Uh, so we share our values with these guys. They support organizations that fight for religious freedom, constitutional rights, sanctity of life. They're also great for veterans and first responders because they give special discounts. So we love these guys. They're great. PatriotMobile.com slash Phil is where you go, or you can call them at 972-PATRIOT. You get free activation with the offer code Phil. And remember, veterans and first responders save even more. So you love America. You want to support these uh, same values. Check them out. PatriotMobile.com slash Phil. That's PatriotMobile.com slash Phil. Or you can call them at 972-PATRIOT. Yeah, he asked about, we had talked about in the last podcast, Jason, remember about prayers. And, and so I guess it sparked him to say, you know, Jesus had that prayer to God and said, forgive them for they know not what they do. And he was wondering, why did he do that? Or what did that mean uh, when he said that? But I've always thought of it as, you know, they really didn't know what they were doing. That's correct. I mean, they were taking orders and told to do it. And they were, you know, acting as soldiers, the soldiers are down here. But they didn't know. He, I think what he was saying is, look, I came here to die. That's right. So don't even hold well, it against these guys for killing me. They realized he's, he was innocent. Right. I mean, even, you know how. People, Especially the Romans there. You know how people That's justify right. things. I mean, it's like, even in my childhood, I got a couple spankings that I shouldn't have. I, I was just an innocent bystander, but right. due to the. You get caught up the, uh, in the wrong immorality of my brothers. <laughs> I got lured in just because, you know, people feel better when everybody experiences pain. <laughs> but my point is, I justified it and got over it because I thought, well, but there was a lot of times that I got away with something exactly. that I deserved punishment for. But I think that's the way we view humanity. So, but if you knowingly, if you knew that someone was innocent, of a crime, you know, the, whatever crime they've been convicted of, that it's fixed to cost him his life. I think that would bother him. I mean, I don't care who you're with. Right. I mean, if you knew, and I think when he said they don't know what they're doing, I mean, I, I do. There's one side of that. I mean, Jesus was innocent. Yeah. <clears throat> That's what, yeah, exactly right. Plus, well, about a month, month later, Peter is talking to the Jews who had gathered up for their big event, Pentecost. And he finished it up by saying, "You, you, you killed the author of you, life. You with the with the uh, wicked man, yeah. with the help of wicked men. They're like, once they heard that, which shows you they didn't realize it when he right. they killed him. That's exactly. Said, you're right. the one who put him on the cross. Right. You're the ones. He started with you saying he'll forgive you. You, well, that's so. So the forgive them, Father. They know not what they do. What Peter told them, they all said. A lot of them said, "Oh my goodness." By killing him, that's going to save us. Peter said, you, you're getting it. You, right. you got it. You know, what they said, well, what do we do? Because they were like, well, we're in a bind now. I mean, if his death is going to save us in his resurrection. But, so Peter told him, he said, repent. Turn to God. You know, you receive God's spirit. Be baptized and you'll receive God's spirit. So, Well, the principle that I've always taken out of what he said that was that was really powerful to me is it destroys this narrative that you don't have to forgive somebody unless they ask you to. In other words, yep. what they say is, well, you know, God forgives us because we ask for forgiveness. So ergo, you know, I don't, if you wrong me, you know, you, I, yep. you have to ask me before I have to, in other words, I have no obligation to forgive you. But Jesus showed us right there that when you, you can forgive people without them asking for it. That's right. And, and, and in fact, and most times we should, because a lot of times you'll never connect with the person that hurt you. But if you don't forgive them, you'll hold on to bitterness yeah. for your whole life. I've seen it over and over and over when again. Paul, the apostle Paul in first Corinthians two, when he was talking about what Jesus did, we who do, however, we speak a message of wisdom among the mature, but not the wisdom of this age or the rulers of, of this, this age. Now, who are coming to nothing. He's saying, all these people, our message, we speak of God's secret wisdom. Well, if it's a secret, when Jesus died, it's still a secret to most of the world. They're like, oh, that's man-made stuff. You know, one of them brings it up in here. That's man-made stuff. I don't want to hear anything about that. You say, oh, yeah, that's man-made stuff, right? He just used the human race to save them. Right. He used them. Right. 
And, you know, they, they, they just didn't realize who he was, what, he's, what he did, what he's now doing, what he will do. Well, they're still saying, oh, no, I'd get that old Bible stuff out of my face. It's a secret to them. They don't, right. they don't, they don't know. Well, that's why I think there's a spirit, To this day. <clears throat> there's a spiritual, practical application you can make based on Romans 5, 8, where it said God demonstrates his own love for us while we were sinners, Christ died for us. I mean, when yep. you read that Acts 2, I think he was talking about the actual men that put him on the cross, but he threw in that wicked, you with the help of wicked men, because in a way— we all contributed to Jesus being on a cross because that was his plan. You, you so, better I, believe it. That's so right. I, I do think he's saying you don't realize how— You put him there. Exactly. How, it, whether how you know innocent you can justify sin in, in our minds because that's kind of what we do. I think he's making a, a point that you could apply there. I mean, we we— we think, oh, this is nobody's going to know this. This is not. I mean, how do we even know this is really wrong? But that led to Jesus dying on the cross. Yeah, yeah. None of the rulers of this age understood it. That's the evil one. For it, if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of Glory. Mm -hmm. They wouldn't. They wouldn't have crucified him if they had known his crucifixion. And resurrection would save the world. Right. That's the last thing Satan would have wanted. Exactly. Well, that's the seed of a woman will crush your head. You'll strike his heel. You'll get him ha hanging up there and the blood's flying. But at the end of the day, you lose, he wins. Yeah. We win. So so my three points yesterday, Jace, were what we believe, which is obviously those first few verses when he breaks down the gospel and this is what, how it impacts and then why we belong, and then I, I, I had it in the phrase of the community of the eternal, and that's what the resurrection does. Paul makes a really interesting point because he's, he's, he says, powerful as the cross is, if you can't be introduced to eternal life, then he was like, what good does it do you past the few years you have here? What's the point? Even with your sins removed, if you don't have, if you can't connect to the eternal. Then, then it does you no good. He said you're futile. Once well. you figure that out, then texts like, since then we know what it is to fear the Lord, we try to persuade men. Right. That, that 1 Corinthians 15. Right. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, and that's what he was doing. And then, Jace, the third point was if, you, if this is what you believe, this is where you belong, then how do you behave? And then he, that's where he hits those last few verses there about bad company corrupts good mm -hmm. character. So the, in other words, the life of a person who understands the resurrection, understands what he believes, it should be evident. Yep. It should be evidently different. So that was kind of my... I think it sounds good. Breakdown. I think I've had them stand over me and curse me <clears throat> and say, that's the biggest bunch of them been cursing and whatever, you know, and I mean, they want to hit, they've come up with their fists like that. And one of them told me, he's, he, one old guy one time told me, he said, so if I put my fist between your eyes right now, you're going to forgive me? Because that's what you're saying. I said, I'll try. <laughs> you're going to sit there well, and let me do this to you? I said, I'll try. <laughs> well, you can forgive him and just cold cock him back, I guess. You know, and then well, have to. <laughs> I didn't know exactly, but he was up in my face. Yeah, right, right. Just saying, nobody's going to tell me, you know, I can't smoke dope, whatever you it was. You give him credit, it's clever. Yep, it's a <laughs> it's a clever way to say I don't want any part of that. I think you know the whole thing comes down to who do you think Jesus is. I mean, there's been numerous books. That one that popped in my head was that one. Uh, I think it's the evidence Christian evidence book where you view Jesus as either a liar, a lunatic, or Lord. Yeah. Yep. And I think that's why he's like saying, asking that question because it is. It is a strange thing. I, I, he may be focusing in on forgive them for they know not what they do. He may be asking because, well, that was God's plan to die for humanity. So right. Why is he, you know, why is he having this this attitude? Isn't this our plan? But I think in in whatever sermon you heard yesterday it does come down to the resurrection i got off in my own world i, I was it kind of ties in with what y'all are saying but in john 20 what struck me i guess is i never really noticed you know here's mary I just turned to that before you said that <laughs> here we go get in there 
<laughs> so Mary. That happens so many times on this podcast. So Mary. Hey, hang on, Josh, before you go, let's take a break. So ladies, how important is a, a comfortable mattress or a comfortable couch? Extremely. Very. Yeah, I love it. We love a good couch. We love a good mattress, <laughs> right? Uh, one of our sponsors is a company called Helix, and they make great mattresses. But they also have a company called Allform, which uh, makes sofas, which we have one, babe. And you and I put it together. Yeah. Uh, which, And I'm terrible at putting stuff that together. That lets you know that it is not hard to if, put if, together. If I could do it, <laughs> then it is easy. And, and Le- Now, Lisa's better than me, but we did it together. It took us, what, 20 minutes to yeah. put the thing together. Very easy. And you didn't have to see other marriage counselors afterwards, did I didn't you? cuss. Which you'll be proud of me, <laughs> We Mom. had no parts right. left over. That's exactly right. Uh, so uh, we love ours. It's very comfortable. Uh, it's, it's, you know, you don't have to worry. You get 100 days to decide if you want to keep it. It's more than three months. You're going to love it. We love ours. They also have a forever warranty, literally forever warranty, which is amazing. To find your perfect sofa, check out Allform, A-L-L-F-O-R-M, allform.com slash unashamed. And Allform is offering 20% off all orders for our listeners at allform.com slash unashamed. Mary goes to the tomb, and she saw that the stone had been removed. And so she came running to Peter and the other disciple, which we've determined, I guess, is John that wrote it, the one Jesus loved, and said, they've taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they put him. So then a race happens, which is... This is one off the rails, I thought. I never noticed that they raced to the tomb because it says Peter and the other disciples started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. I'm like, why did we have to have that? Right. Why did that? It took me back as a kid. You know, every time I'm looking at somebody, they start running. Now I want to win at all times. Oh, yeah. Just no matter what's going on. But then watch what happens. He bent over and looked in it at the strips of linen lying there, but but did not go in. And this becomes a chilling setting if you put yourself in this position. I mean, just imagine. Then Simon, who was behind him, arrived and went into the tomb. He saw the strips of lining lying there, as well as the burial cloth that had been around Jesus' head. Now, I think this is even more chilling. The cloth was folded up by itself, separated from the linen. You're like, wow, did somebody take his clothes off? You you start going through the process, and why would they fold it up? Mm Mm-hmm. The cloth was folded up by itself, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple who had reached him first also went inside. And here's the phrase. This is the phrase that got me. He saw and believed. Now, it throws in there they still did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. That's why I turned there a while ago. he, he, He saw and believed, but here was what hit me. Because... The reason that that really hit me, because I know at the end of chapter 20, he's going to say, because then he goes to Mary and she had trouble recognizing him, but he, she recognized him when he said her name, Mm -hmm. which I think is a very touching moment. They believed right here, which I'm going to talk about that. And then you had Thomas who just, he was like, no, I I don't care what you say. Because you have different people represented and how they responded to the resurrection here, which was kind of his sermon, the sermon I heard. You know, Thomas is like, I literally need evidence. I need hardcore evidence. Okay. So then he gets to the the end, and he's like, well, okay, Thomas, you, because you've seen me, you have believed. Blessed are you, blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. So here's what my thought was. When John and Peter are the disciple who, who Jesus loved, when it says he saw and believed, so when you think about it, it really wasn't what he saw. It was what he didn't see. Because think about it. He saw, at this point, the body could have been 
stolen, I guess. Mm-hmm. Or I mean, they. So he sees this, which was the story that got circulated. Remember? Because yeah, I mean, what did he? What did he not see that caused the belief? When you just think about it, I mean, he saw the strips of linen. At this he point, saw, he had not had a visual of Jesus himself. He had not had a visual, but it says in verse 8, he saw and believed. When he went inside, he saw and believed. Well, believe what? I mean, but I, he still I, hadn't seen him resurrected. Well, that's why, that's what I think. He just Paul's looked around and said, he's believe. gone. Yeah. What happened to him? Uh, he said he was Well, and he knows the well, story was that from the from the Jewish leaders that the disciples came and took him. Well, he's a disciple. He knows he didn't come well, and Well, the reason well, Jesus <laughs> chided Peter, I say the word chiding, he says, hey, Peter, because he's with him now, mm-hmm. post-resurrection. And they, he was one of the ones at the tomb, he and John. Right. But now when Jesus said, you love me? Because Jesus knew he had seen the grave close. <laughs> he said, oh, you know, I love you. Well, do you love me, Peter? Three times. And then he told Peter, he said, well, just so you'll know, when you right now, you're young, you can get, get on, your, you can dress yourself and you go where you want to go. He said, there come a time, Peter, there's coming a time for you that you're going to not close yourself. Somebody else is, and they're going to take you where you don't want to go. But he asked him before then three times, do you love me? Because he said, well, we're fixing to find out because you're fixing to meet your fate and it's going to be brutal. Yeah. Same, yeah. same thing. You, By you that, told. he said Jesus meant what kind of death he would he would undergo. Yeah. You know, it's the same thing you tell Paul. You're going to suffer. Yeah. So, hey. Jace, why, why did John not go in? Why did he stop and just look in, you think? Because Peter went on in. I think fear. Just not sure what to. I think fear. Well, it's like, you know, when you uh, when you read 19, speaking of secrets, 38, when Joseph asked Pilate for the body of Jesus, Joseph was a disciple of Jesus, but secretly. Yeah. Because he feared the Jews. What I'm saying is if you come up there and the tombs rolled away, how do you know somebody's not in there? Right. I think he went from fear to faith right here in this moment. And also another factor could be, remember, the Roman Romans had put a seal on it. Which meant if you if you break this seal, then you get the same fate as the guy in here. Yeah, that's what that but meant. Al, it's like if you come in, if you go to your house. I mean, because I'm I'm gonna, I didn't get to my punchline on what my thought was, but I'm saying if you go to your house and your door has been kicked open, and you can see that. Are you you got two schools of thought here? You either call nine one one or you go on in. But you know, in the back of your head, well, what if they're still in here? Right. Yeah, I wouldn't go in unarmed for sure. So, but what what my take on it is? See, when you think about it, he kind of not chastised Thomas, but he's like, "Well, you saw me, so you believe. Great. But blessed are those who haven't seen. But." Actually, John fit into that category because he, now, granted, he saw the strips of linen, but he didn't see the resurrected Lord. Yeah, it got easier as it went along, you know, for Thomas. That's why he made this point about blessed are those who believe who haven't seen. But what is what is the definition of faith? To me, John showed faith. Faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. So somewhere in that moment, he he looked and said, there's not a body. And then I think that's why he threw in the parenthetical. He didn't get it from the previous scriptures. You never put two and two together. Right. You would think nope. he did. But in this moment. The miracles didn't do it for him. Didn't do nope. it. But in this moment, he's in the tomb and he sees this folded and he's, he believed. Right. Without, he, he actually had faith because he was sure and certain of what he didn't see because he didn't see the body that mm-hmm. that was that was i mean right. but he he could have said oh well just like the world they probably moved it or he actually wasn't dead or all the arguments you've heard yeah but you know when he he saw meaning he saw nobody nothing except the clothes laying there he then believed. I mean, I just thought it was it was an introduction to what 
and, and I think an acknowledgement when he wrote that to what everyone else from this point on was going to have to, they're going to have to go to the team. And this was getting to my practical application. You got to go to the team in your mind and determine, do you believe or not? Mm-hmm. I mean, he went in there, uh, he, he had been with Jesus. There's he, a mighty before. throng that says, you're just asking too much of me. It's it's just a man made story. It's it's a pretty good doozy of a story, but which is is interesting. Let's take another break. The other half of Scott's question was: He's trying to help somebody that says the Bible was man made. Was you know so he doesn't believe it. This guy is trying to help. This is a one way ticket, <clears throat> winner take all. Whether you believe or not, there's a mighty throne. That's why it has to start there. It has to start. Can you believe? You're right, Jess. Every person has to have the the tomb experience. You got that. That was where we we run, and that's why I made the big deal about running, which is what got my attention. You got to run in your mind to the team when you hear about it. I mean, Mary came and said, "Hey, the 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 rock has been rolled away." Well, you could have just said. I mean, look, I hate to say this, but there were times in my life where I'd have said, well, I know one thing. That doesn't mean anything. He's still in there dead unless somebody took his body and doesn't matter anyway. He's dead. I mean, you could have had that attitude. But for some reason, they ran. What are they running? They're going to check it out. Want Peter, Mr. You know, he's not worried about anything. He's first one to get shot when he runs into the burglarized house. (laughs) He he run in there because that fit his personality. Cut off ears. You know, he's got a long. (laughs) Exactly. I love, though, the I love the application uh, that you said that Tom made about that different people approach the tomb and approach Jesus, risen Jesus in a different way. Yeah, that was his sermon. I kind of went off the rails. That's a great. Because it really is three, three encounters here you had two that well, bas- really four basically went by mary. faith well right well mary but mary's mentioned in right. the second paragraph but then she's crying and you know who is it you're looking for and then this this phrase thinking he was the gardener which, which is goes to my point you have to form an opinion on what happened so in her mind well it can't be jesus because he died right so when you think Jesus is just a gardener, you've missed it. But what got what what made her believe when he said all he said in verse eight sixteen, Mary, and she turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabbi, which I mean they they have a song about that. Oh, yeah. heard that Rabbi, I mean, it makes the hair stand up on the bag, you know, <laughs> because she got it with the which I love. I mean, you give her a little more credit because she was hanging around the tomb first one then maybe like thomas i mean thomas gets a bad rap but rightfully so i mean what you don't even believe your friend now he's calling mary by her name but he's just dismissing it dismissing it but i think i think it's a powerful moment because even my journey to faith i was a skeptic at first first time i started reading the bible i was trying to get around it like like the question asked Right. How do we know this is real? Because I was like, I mean, somebody made up. I mean, you can make any story up. That's why I think you have to go to the tomb and experience this. The The greatest thing they did from their heart was when they took off. Right. And, but you have to do that now through faith. But even then, I, I love it that John put two and two together without having to see. Right. I mean, to me, at that that appeals to me because I mean, if he can do that, because you know it's got to be difficult. I mean, how crazy is it for you to say, you know what? I believe he came back from the dead. Right. I mean, it's just hard. it's hard to make that decision. And it now is. here we are making the same de- decision. But it made me feel better that I feel like that's addressed in chapter twenty for us. I don't see any different. Right. You know. So I so said all that to say this. That's why. Uh, three or four years ago when I went to Israel and I visited the tombs and I saw how their structure is and I went out in the tomb and I've shared this before, but I wasn't really awestruck when I went in the tomb. I thought, boy, this is interesting. They're like little rooms and they hand 
uh, craft the rock, you yeah. know, if it's like a place they can lay down. And, oh, this is cool. This wow. I mean, this is this is big. Why do they do this? But then, as I was leaving the tomb, then I stopped. Yeah. Because there's just something like John twenty that hit me. Then I turned back in the tomb and and believed. Right. I thought he's not here. There's no one in here. This is what I believe. And people say, well, that probably wasn't his actual grave. Well, if it would have been, he still wouldn't have been there. That's what I still <laughs> in a tomb under the ground in Israel, in the general vicinity of where Jesus was laid. And guess what? He ain't here. <laughs> Which makes Christianity unique of all the religions of the world and in the past. I mean, you know, every other prophet. It all comes down all to do you believe in the resurrection of the dead? Right. Well, so they sing a song. They sang it yesterday, that song. I ran out of that yeah. grave, you know. But I thought, this was my initial thought, you got to run to the grave at some point in your life. Mm -hmm. If you want to run out of it, you got to run to it and say, I believe this, even though I'm not seeing the body. That's what happened to John. You know, well, my point, one of my points yesterday when we were talking about the belief side was that it should give us hope that people struggle to believe now, we're 2,000 years later, but when Corinthians was written, obviously it was 25 years after it had happened, give yep. or take, and you already had a bunch of people said, no, didn't happen, because Paul right. wouldn't have been in such a defense of it happening. That's right. Had people there said, no, I just don't, can't buy it. I don't think he raised from the dead, because then he's making his case. Oh, yeah, he did, and here's why he did, and he did it more from that kind of intellectual, apologetic approach. As you got to remember, else, so. for 5,000 years, the human race pretty well flatlined. It wasn't, a, wasn't a, about 100 million, somebody said, that one of these political groups counted up the years. So if you go around for 5,000 years and you observe your fellow man and you see the various ways they have died from old age to snake bites to wars I mean, the lightning strikes, the drownings. You see human beings when they die, they have one thing in common. They stay dead. Yep. So you finally, it's like America for the last 2,000 years. They looked at humanity out, and when somebody dies, they said they died, and we haven't seen them again. And you're saying what? <laughs> you said there was one that died and came back from the dead. They're like, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. It flies in the face of just... What's normal? Right. Death is is always there, and you we come in two thousand years in a high tech world saying Jesus was, arose from the dead. They're like, you telling me you actually believe that? Yeah. I said I believe it. It helps me out of necessity to at least see a way to get out of here. Yeah, that's my view of it. Right. I All said right. if there's no resurrection of the dead. None of us are going to get out of here. That's that's my faith right there. No one's going to make it unless there's a resurrection of the dead. Think about it. And and hang on, let's take the last break. If and the dead are not raised, we're we're. But that was really the, the one singular motivation point for you, wasn't it? When you were studying yep. with Smith, it was like okay. I'm going all I said, in. It's a wild story, and it sounds like it's too good to be true. But and he said it probably is too good for us. Mm -hmm. He said, but it is true. So the resurrection was the kingpin for it you. Was that was the, the, it. Got me here for the last fifty well, me years. Too. Yeah. I mean, when I I remember going back and when I read in Isaiah about was it the uh, the prophecy was it Isaiah fifty one. 52, we're talking about his body is marred beyond human human likeness. and Yeah, that's 53. Yeah, 53. I remember going back and reading that, thinking, well, how did Isaiah know this? I mean, that this is asking a lot to believe that somehow they were all. I mean, he, he, gave, he gave the play-by-play. Play. Yeah. Yeah, I just remember thinking 700 that, years. Thought, well, maybe. Yeah. Somebody got the dates wrong because I was trying to get around it all, <laughs> right. you know. But just the more I kept reading, I thought, you know, this is this just this is actually taking more not to believe just from the evidence in the history 
than it is to think that, oh, they just compiled all this. You know, because I've read, y'all have had these Bible studies where people say, well, how do you, you know, you're, you're looking at this as inspired by God, and we'll read that, is it Second Peter or First Peter, where it said none of the prophecy came about yeah, by Second Peter 1. Second Peter 1, by the prophet's own interpretation. But then that, they, they spoke all, as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. They them. always argue the same thing. They're like, yeah, but even that, they made up. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> it's like, so it's like, so you want me to have a Bible study with you without the Bible? And they're like, yeah. And I was like, perfect, I can do that. <laughs> That's when I go with the three questions. Right, right, you know, right. I got three questions for you. That's why there's the a earth. different motivation yeah. for everybody. What are you doing here and how are you leaving? That has nothing to do with the Bible per se, just to do with you. What are the answers to those questions? Which usually triggers a good response because there's not a good answer to those questions without the supernatural ability of Jesus at all. And, and you're right. It's different people's experiences. So for you, Dad, I remember you saying, Smith said, I don't, you said, I don't trust anybody. I don't trust preachers. I don't. Nope. But, but when he said, do you trust this? Pointing his Bible, you said, "Yeah, I've never had any issues with that." But you grew up enough in around the Bible that you knew it was inspired. But somebody else may not at all. all right. I think the term "man-made" is half right. This is a story of men and women. Men wrote it down through all of history. But you're only half. That's only half the equation. Jay, you said it. The inspiration of the Holy Spirit is the other half that makes it divine revelation. But look, you have to believe that. I mean, if you don't. You're going to have a hard time unless you like wrote it and you say, yeah. well, well, therefore it's man made. So why do y'all think God said it? I said, well, if, if men wrote it, there's a pretty good sized throng of human beings that all got together over a period of 5,000 years. And they all agree with one another on the, on Jesus coming, his death, burial and resurrection. I said, that's one big lie. How in the world would they, you lie that long and that much? I, I, I just, I don't think they could have come together as a group and carried the story that far. But even that, as true as that is, and it came down when when he said those last verses, but blessed are you because you believe even though you hadn't seen. I mean, you're just not, It's it is a leap of faith. And God obviously enjoys, it brings him joy for you to look at the scriptures Look at your life, look at creation, the details, put two and two together, run to the tomb in your mind and say, you know what? I believe it. I mean, that's that's obviously what he wants us to do. I mean, yeah, yeah. He, or he wouldn't have that in there. I mean, because you look at Thomas, he was fortunate that he actually, because the skeptic usually they they have a harder time because if you're looking for some evidence, as in somebody tapping you on your shoulder and saying, "Hey, I'm I'm God." I was yeah, we dead. just read Matthew, but it ain't enough. So <laughs> yeah. what, what do you do? It said, "Send them another one." Say and tell them. So well, okay, we we just read Mark. Yeah, what did he say? He well, he said the same thing Matthew said. Uh, Send them we don't believe him. That's just too much to believe. What somebody, you got anybody else? There's Luke. And Luke says the same thing Matthew and Mark said. And he's the Gentile. Verbatim. And they say, well, well, wait a minute. I don't know. That's still not enough proof. Give him another one. So here comes John. All these liars are just coming out of nowhere, and they're all telling the same story. Why would so, so many people all say, I was there, and here's what happened? And you read it, and you say, were they all lying? Mm-hmm. I, but the positive feel is that Thomas, the good news here is he did, he did believe. And so I, I think if you're a skeptic type person, like listening to this podcast and you haven't given your life, you know, to Jesus and you're, you're questioning about, well, oh, is there a God? I mean, you, you take a lead off him and what you're reading here yep. and saying, I, I need to quit doubting that. Cause that's what he told Thomas, you know, his, his challenge was, where does it say where he said, stop doubting and believe. Yeah. Except on the uh, top, on the left hand wouldn't you, side. Wouldn't you think Jace, that Thomas, probably his, his little unique uh, way of 
being a witness for the resurrection probably was aimed towards people who skeptics. I mean, that's probably what he specialized in, you know. That was John, John 20, verse about a verse of 27, 26, 27. I mean, Stop doubting and believe. Yeah. Oh, that's it. You're right. You know, put, your finger, he, put your finger here. I've got a hole in him. Stop doubting and believe. So that was the, he gave the problem there. He just doubted it. He doubted it. And doubt is really just a negative decision you've made. I mean, he was part of the greatest group of people. I mean, it changed the world, specifically the leader Jesus. But you, you are part of that. But, you know, when you doubt, you, he just, you have a decision at every turn, you doubt, you doubt, you doubt. You're hearing all these things, you doubt, you doubt, you doubt. I don't know if we talked about this back when we did, John, but that's, I just thought about that's another thing that a glorified body could do. You know, Jesus showed us a lot of really neat tricks. There was another one. He could recreate the wounds that killed him. Because yeah. I don't think he was, was going to have that throughout eternity, but he yeah. could recreate yeah. it. I mean, think about that, just being able to do that. Like somebody shoots you and, you know, that's how you die. And then if you were to come back like he did and witness me, he's like, here, 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 you see this little hole? Thomas is looking at the holes, I guess. (laughs) Well, yeah, and he was was like, oh. Oh, I made a bunch of church people mad one time because to your point, I said, hey, when you have a resurrected body, you can get a tattoo just by thinking it (laughs) and removing it. (laughs) That's a great point. No, it it didn't go well. Well, I know because people hate tattoos. People coming up quoting Leviticus to me, but I was was meaning that about when he showed him his hands and his feet. They're like, oh, no, he still had the scars. He could just recreate the scars. His body was... Flexible is not a strong enough word. I think the actual holes would have had more of an impact than the scars. All right, we're uh, we're out of time. Right. But, but Phil, you know what have impact on me is if I can make a hole in my hand right. and then cover it back and up. And then it goes back yeah. to the way it was. So uh, a couple of things. Uh, I've got a, a, something else I want to share in the overtime segment from my sermon about another way people get to the tomb, to use Jay's analogy. Before I do that, Elise and I are going to be in Scranton, PA, uh, this week, uh, Thursday, April 22nd at 6.30. It's um, Fiorelli's... Family Banquet is where the event is in Peckville, PA. So if you're from that area and want to come see us, we'd love to meet you. Uh, We'll see you in overtime. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube. And be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, Subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.